Episode of Hitting Pater by Impact Sports. This is episode number 38, and I'm Alex Podry. It is early Friday, March 18th. Just minding my own business last night, <clears throat> watching some March Madness basketball, like the rest of America ripping up the bracket <laughs> after Kentucky go ahead, goes ahead and uh, loses to St. Peter's. Uh, so feeling sorry for myself there, mindlessly scrolling through Twitter. And then it comes out that Devontae Adams has been traded to the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, which was shocking to say the least. Um, you know, Andrew Brandt released a, a really nice two-minute long Twitter video. If, for those of you that don't know Andrew Brandt, I, I reference him a lot here on Twitter. He's a phenomenal Twitter follow. Not only was he an agent, he was the Green Bay Packers salary cap guy. Uh, as a Packer fan myself, you know it's he's he's got a lot of great content. Talks about <clears throat> kind of the behind the scenes, what's going on, and he did a he did a pretty good dissection of what happened with Devontae Adams and why it may not have been shocking that he was traded, dating back to last summer. You know, contract uh, negotiations weren't going well. Apparently, the two sides kind of separated. Adam certainly wasn't happy he got tagged. Can't say I blame him there. And, you know, he came out and said, hey, I'm not going to play on this franchise tag. And it seems like the Packers are ready to move on. And, you know, I get it. Contract negotiations can be sensitive, especially for a player of Devontae Adams' caliber. Uh, he knew, everybody knew he was going to reset the wide receiver market. I wrote an article last fall. Um, about his contract and kind of comparing it to DeAndre Hopkins since Hopkins was the the previous leader at least on an average annual salary basis at 27 and a half I didn't know if Devontae was going to get all the way to 27 and a half just because it's DeAndre Hopkins at 27 and a half and then everybody else is at 20 so that's a big jump but I did think that Adams would have a longer deal and he would get more guarantees as it turns out, his deal with the, the Raiders ended up being, I think, five years, one hundred forty-one and a half million, averaging you know twenty-eight, twenty-eight and a half million per year. I think I had projected like four for, I think one ten, um, so not too far off. But at the same time, wow, did Adams get a deal? As it turns out, it is the highest amount of money that a non-quarterback has received. Um, both in guarantees and in total money, eclipsing Calvin Johnson, who had currently had had the old record. So, um, so looking back, you know, was it shocking that the two couldn't get a deal? I think the biggest piece that is shocking about it is that they just extended Rodgers. Apparently, Rodgers knew about it. He was in talks with the Packers. Um, they knew this was a possibility, or apparently he knew this was a possibility when he signed his extension, which I think is the most surprising part. Rodgers was apparently so upset with the organization last year that he demanded a trade on draft day, comes back, has a great year, 
Relationships seemed to have been mended, but I just assumed that a major piece of that was bringing back Devontae Adams. And the Packers were going to do it one way or another, come hell or high water, whether it was on a tag, whether they could work out an extension. You got to keep 12 happy. And then this news drops that, you know, 17's on the move, which (laughs) still trying to process it. So um, I want to talk about the franchise tag. I want to talk about what the Packers got in the trade for Devontae Adams and then maybe a little bit of where the Packers go from here. So first, let's let's talk about the franchise tag. So there are a couple different tenders that a team can offer a player. If we're looking at the franchise tender or the franchise tag specifically, there are two different types. There's the non-exclusive franchise tender and then there's the exclusive franchise tender. And they're very similar, but different. So 99% of the time, when a player is franchise tagged or, or issued a franchise tender, it is of the non-exclusive variety. So <clears throat> when a player is given a non-exclusive franchise tender, they are able to go out and get other offers from teams. Now, very rarely does it happen because if a player signs with another team, that team must give up two first round draft picks. Okay. So let's look at this in the context of Devonte Adams. So he was well within his rights to go and look and talk to other teams like the Raiders or, you know, someone else. But the Raiders could have come up to Devontae Adams and said, look, we'll give you this five-year, $141.5 million deal. And he could have accepted that, and the Packers would have the right to either match that or let him walk. Most of the time, that's not a reasonable outlet because not only is a team going to write a massive deal, they're also going to give up two first-round picks, which for a lot of teams, that is not worth the investment in another player. So that's why it's very rare do you see a player sign somewhere else when they're on a non-exclusive franchise tag. So the salary computation or calculation for a non-exclusive franchise tender is the average of the five largest salaries at that position for the previous league year. So when they were calculating Devontae Adams' salary, or his, his, uh, excuse me, his salary cap hit, his fully guaranteed salary for 2022, they looked at the top five salaries for 2021. So you you take the top five largest wide receiver salaries, average them out, that becomes the number for 2022. if a player was making a lot of money in the previous year, it would also be 120% of the previous year, whichever is greater. So there is a, a little bit of nuance there, what number could be. That's why you might see, like last year, I think when Allen Robinson was tagged, he had like an $18 million or $20 million number. And when Chris Godwin was tagged, it was like $18 million. Well, the difference was because Allen Robinson had a higher previous year salary, 
They did 120% of his salary versus Godwin, who was still, I believe, on his rookie deal. He got the average. So there is a slight difference there and kind of an important distinction, especially for your higher paid veterans who may get tagged. So keep in mind for the non-exclusive franchise tender, if a player is signs with a different team and negotiates a different player contract, the compensation is two first-round selections. Just remember that because it's going to be important when we get back to the Devontae Adams trade. The exclusive franchise tender is just what it sounds like. It means that that player is only able to negotiate with that team. So if the Packers would have if the Packers would have given Devontae Adams the exclusive franchise tender, he would not be able to negotiate with other teams. He would have to try and negotiate a long-term deal with the Packers. If he's unable to, he would obviously play on that tag, um, and he'd be kind of stuck in Green Bay. That calculation is the five largest salaries for that league year at the end of restricted free agent signing period, which is usually in April. So what they're doing there is they're saying, okay, because salaries continue to rise, the market really only goes up in terms of player contract, at least at the top end. Or actually, I'm going to go all the way across the board. The NFL, it's growing to the point where salaries really only go up. So what they'll do is they'll say, okay, we're going to look at it for this league year. So you think about the contracts that were signed, you know, the... um, Mike Williams contract three for sixty. The um, the other big wide receiver contracts those would all go into the calculation this year. So at the end of April, they would look at the top five wide receiver salaries for this league year, and that would have been Devonte Adams' total number. So a slight distinction there. It's very rare that. Um, it's very rare that a team will use an exclusive franchise tender, um, but it, it does happen, especially like think about like the quarterback position. It would be very important to not let somebody go even for draft compensation. Okay, so what happens when a player is issued a franchise tender? Well, they... <laughs> It's always funny they have a quote-unquote choice to accept the tender or not. But here's the thing. If they don't accept the tender, they don't play that year, and then they can still get tagged the following year. Or if they do accept the tender, they have until July 15th to work out a long-term deal. If they can't work out a long-term deal, um, then they're stuck on the franchise tag for the year. So, you know, they quote-unquote have a choice to accept the tender, but it's not really much of a choice. I mean, teams and management here hold all the cards. The franchise tag is a very powerful tool to avo- avoid having, you know, superstars essentially reach free agency. So it came out that, you know, Devontae Adams wasn't going to accept the tender. Well, his options were either to come back to Green Bay and play for $20 million or miss the year. And if he doesn't return by week 10, he would miss the entire season, wouldn't get paid, and he could still be franchise tag next year. Those aren't great solutions. Um, apparently, the Packers had tried to re-sign him. Contract negotiations broke down. 
and he wanted out. He specifically wanted to go to Las Vegas, play with his old former quarterback, Derek Carr out there. Um, apparently he feels like that's home. So, so the Raiders made an offer. And the Raiders' offer was a first-round pick and a second-round pick, both in this year's draft. So it's pick number 22 and I want to say 58. Um, I could be wrong about that. One second. 53, excuse me. So it's 22 and 53. Um, So that's what the Packers get in return. And when I think about the quote-unquote, like the market, Adams could have gone anywhere he wanted with an offer for two first-round picks. So he could have received a... He could have went anywhere for two first-round picks. Instead, he got... He got this offer from Vegas, and they gave a first and a second. Very close to that amount. So um, I think that's why the market is what it is. I saw some comparisons on Twitter to Devontae Adams' deal versus like what Amari Cooper went for, a fifth-round pick. The difference is everybody knew that Amari Cooper was either going to get traded or cut, so the Cowboys didn't have a lot of leverage. They got what they could for him. Devontae Adams, I don't think that was the case. Where I mean, I think the Packers would have been for perfectly fine keeping him on a year uh, under the franchise tag, even if he was unhappy. Like, too bad. He's got to play. Um and so they didn't have to move on from him. And the Raiders, you know, paid the market value. So, again, I would compare it less to what other receivers were being traded for and more what the value of the franchise tag was, which, is, which again, is that two first-round picks. If he would have moved into that, the Raiders take a slight offer, something slightly below that. Packers are willing to move them. The Raiders get their wide receiver one. The Packers get a first and a second this year. So, what do the Packers do? Well, they now hold picks 22, 28, 53, and I think 58 or 59, somewhere in there. What do they do there? You have to figure that a wide receiver will be drafted at some point in those first four picks. Maybe multiple guys. Um, I've seen them tied to Julio Jones. I don't know if Julio... uh, a 34-year-old Julio Jones is the answer. But right now, the, their wide receiver room is a little empty. It's Alan Lazard, and that's about it. So they could probably use some help. <laughs> uh, you know, there's still some big-name wide receivers out there for all you Packer fans. Jarvis Landry's out there. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster. They And now they got $20 million in cap space to play with. Um, so you figure that they might bring in a veteran probably going to draft one if not two guys um you know every Packer fan right th- right now is drooling over Chris Olave from Ohio State uh maybe a Traylon Burks falls who, who knows the draft has a, a weird way of working out um but this might finally be the year the Packers draft a first round wide receiver considering they have two picks and you know we'll uh we'll see Again, it was shocking to me just because of, you know, they brought Aaron back. I didn't think bringing Aaron back would be possible without bringing Devontae back. Uh, But the Packers are rolling the dice here. They get a couple draft picks, a couple high draft picks for Devontae Adams. He heads home to Vegas, and the Packers move on. And the last thing I'll say about this is 
the AFC West is in a full-blown arms race, Cold War style, just adding nukes, and it, wild, absolutely wild what the NFC, excuse me, the AFC West is going to look like next year, and almost every superstar is heading to the AFC, which is mind-blowing, and it's going to be completely fascinating to see how it works out. Um, and then the, the only person who might go the other way would be Deshaun Watson and he might be facing a massive suspension yet. So, um, but he might be heading to either Atlanta, New Orleans, but otherwise, I mean, Russell Wilson, Devonte Adams now, I mean, the list is, is growing of players that are heading to the AFC, Khalil Mack, um, all the big free agents. I mean, it's, it's wild. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic to see how this all plays out. Um, the NFL is still crazy right now, even though we're well past the kind of exciting times of free agency. Um, I mean, you still have free agents out there that'll sign. There's still some big names out there, Tyron Matthew, Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, so there's Zadarius Smith. He backed out of his deal with Baltimore, apparently. So he's still available. I mean, there's still some big names to be signed. Um, but the, you know, the real exciting first couple days of free agency has come and gone. A lot of the attention will slowly start to shift towards the draft now, coming in the end of April. But the NFL just continues to dominate the headlines. I mean, even during the first day of March Madness, which is a national holiday in this household, uh, the NFL still took over at the end of the night with this with this bomb. So uh, the NFL is still king, and it always will be. And I'm sure this isn't the last of this offseason, which has already been crazy. But, uh, yeah, Devontae Adams heads to Vegas. Packers move on, and we'll see what they do with those draft picks. You know, who won the, dra- who won the trade? Too soon. Uh, the Raiders took on a 29-year-old wide receiver who's clearly still at the top of his game, uh, but they owe him a ton of money over several years. So we'll see if he can live up to that contract. The Packers get a pair of draft picks. And we won't know who won until you figure out what the Packers, who the Packers pick, and what kind of players they end up. So, wild, absolutely crazy. I was not expecting to do a podcast this morning, but I had to get some thoughts out there. I hope you all found this interesting, and uh, that's my thoughts on that. Follow me on Twitter, Impact Sports Management. Follow me on Instagram, Impact Sports underscore Football, and follow my Substack page at Impact Sports Newsletter. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye.